uh, we welcome you online, and we're grateful that you're with us. And uh, there's so many places that you can find us online, whether it's live right now on Facebook uh, or on YouTube. But, you know, if, uh, if you aren't able to watch the whole service or maybe you're listening later, you can find us on uh, iTunes po Apple Podcasts, or you can also find us uh, on our website at ccmonline.org. So we welcome you this morning. We're grateful that you are, uh, you're, you're part of our sanctuary of people, but you're just online. So even though you're not in these four walls, you are a part of what's happening here at Crossroads Church. We welcome you. We'll be having a communion in a little bit together uh, with one another. And so if you are at home, make sure that uh, you take a few moments to get those elements ready, whether it's bread and juice or cracker or tortilla, whatever you have. Uh, we'll be receiving that meal together uh, much in the way that Jesus taught us, uh, even if it's a little bit different elements today. So we say good morning and we welcome you today. Now the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. While his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband-to-be, was a righteous man, and because he did not want to disgrace her, he intended to divorce her privately. When he had co contemplated this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This all happened so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet will be fulfilled. Look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus awoke from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him. So, hi everybody. How you doing? Well, if you're if you are anything like me, you are a mixed bag of everything. Well, go ahead. You're afraid to say amen about that, but it's a true story. Like you know, um, today is the fourth week of Advent. And it is about the uh, season in the church where we learn how to wait. Who loves that? Waiting. Who loves that? And yet the entire Christian life is about waiting. And so you'll experience something with God, and then you get to wait for the next thing. And then you'll experience something with God, and then you get to wait for the next thing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So you always have something you're waiting on. But what's really important is you're waiting on a person. Not something to happen. You're waiting on a faithful person who is always, ever, and always, ever, and always, ever writing the story of faithful God. And this morning, my friend, one of my friends said, you know, I'm really glad you, you and Scott have never quit. And I said, well, right back at you, and then we fist bumped. But we're learning from the one who never quits. We're learning from the one who never quits and won't quit on you. 
So um, this morning I got a devotional from one of my favorite devotional writers, and uh, and she was talking about a friend of hers who was a, a person um, that worshipped in the Catholic faith, and that when they sell their homes, they actually take St. Joseph and bury St. Joseph in the front yard, because St. Joseph, they call him the patron saint of real estate. Isn't that cool? Like the wanderer, Joseph, taking his child to save his child from, you know, from Herod, right, becomes a refugee. So they call St. Joseph the patron saint of real estate. I thought that was really, really cool. And, and so she talked about some other things. And I remembered our friend, we had a dear friend um, here at Crossroads named Kathy and Gerard. And they used to, they used to bury St. Joseph in their yard, too, to get their houses sold. And, um, and, you know, and, and it, this person who wrote the devotional today said, but, you know, almost everybody forgets Joseph in the ground when they leave. Like there are so many statues of Joseph in the ground in, at people's houses. And it's interesting, you know, we read the scripture this morning, and this is the one place where Joseph is not the backstage person. Joseph shows up as the one who has to dream with God about a different future. Joseph gets to show up as the main character and not the, you know, not the, you know, he gets a couple of lines or he's an extra. He actually shows up as the one who is hearing from God. So I don't know what you believe about, you know, real estate. But what's even bigger than believing about someone who could do that for real estate is that there was a baby named God who came to Mary and Joseph, and they had the privilege of raising God in their house. I mean, I was intimidated by my kids. I can't even imagine raising God, right? And I want to say, friends, there is something really important about our faith. There's a lot of mystical things. You think it's crazy to bury a a statue. Well, how about God gets born like a baby, right? Or you anoint people with oil, and they can be healed. Or you get dunked in the waters of baptism to declare your faith. Or axe heads float. Or... You know, you put a fleece out, and God speaks through. The Bible is full of the miraculous, my friends. And I think sometimes the reason that the stories are captured for us that are above and beyond our human comprehension is so that we get out of our human comprehension. And we start to enter into a place of faith where we say, God, if you did that, what might you do in my life today? If you show up in dreams and angels and babies like God, what could God do in our lives, my friends? So these are not legends. This is the story of our faith. And you've got weird stories too. Anybody got a weird story that you don't really tell anybody because they think you were a weirdo? Right? Can you imagine being Joseph and Mary? I'm not telling anybody that one. Because... There are moments in our lives, friends, they are otherworldly, they are godly, and they are so godly. And, you know, if you ever want to have a cup of coffee with me, I'll tell you so many weird stories that you'll understand why my hair has turned gray. 
because our God is beyond our human comprehension. God, creator, redeemer, author, finisher, painter, you name it, God is. Amen? So as we pray today, I just want us to feel the goodness of God in our concerns, in our wonderings, in our doubts. We have friends this week who said it today as they received a very difficult diagnosis, we're trusting. We're trusting. You know, that's a lovely word. We're trusting. You know, there is something about this God coming as a baby, because God could have just come down like, to impress us all. God becomes a baby so that you really wonder how God is showing up in your life in all the ways you don't expect. And so I'm going to invite our friends to come up and lead us in the prayers of the people and lead us because, you know, they don't know what to expect either. I just walked up two seconds ago and said, Isaiah and Deb, would you like to lead us in prayers of the people? And they said, yes. And, and so I want to say, you don't know. If God asks you to do something, you have no idea what's on the other end of it. And so today, let's, as we pray, expect that like Joseph and Mary, we are created to bring this God who is not within our human comprehension to the world who desperately, desperately needs a God bigger than human comprehension. Let's pray. Good morning, everyone. As we light the fourth candle of Advent, the candle of faith, let us pray for the church worldwide that she, like Joseph and Mary, may be, sur- may be the surrounded to God, surrendered. I'm sorry, bringing Christ to all people, we pray together. Emmanuel, God, you are with us, and all things are possible. Wait, we might want to stand and pray that together, right? Emmanuel, God, you are with us, and all things are possible. For the poor and oppressed and sick, those who mourn, that through our prayers and provision, they may have renewed hope and strength. We pray together. Emmanuel, God, you are with us, and all things are possible. For all the ministries of Crossroads Church, may we participate in God's plans of healing for the world and be emboldened to act and proclaim God's mercy and justice. I'm going to say it again. Proclaim God's mercy and justice. We pray together. Emmanuel, God, you are with us and all things are possible. Lord Jesus, as we complete this week, this last week of Advent, waiting before the celebration of your birth, We pray that you will give us eyes to see. Please give us patience and sensitivity to others' pain, grief, doubt, and concerns. Let us be messengers of faith 
hope and love with our caring presence and example, and if necessary, use words. We pray together. Emmanuel, God with us, and all things are possible. Emmanuel, God, you are with us. We are open to the impossible and the miraculous works of your Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that one again mm -hmm. because that's powerful yes. right there. We are open mm -hmm. to the impossible and miraculous work of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We listen for you and to speak through prophets, angels, visions, dreams, scripture, etc. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like Joseph and Mary, we want to bring Christ to a world that needs faith, hope, and love. Let's all pray together. Mm -hmm. Emmanuel. God, you are with us, and all things are possible. We name to you all who are on our hearts today. We pray together for our needs and the needs of others through Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God, you are with us. And, and all, all things, things are, are possible. possible. Can we can we do that again here? Emmanuel, God, you are with us, and all things are possible. One more time. Emmanuel, God, you are with us, and all things are possible. And everyone said, Amen and Amen and Amen and Amen. So why don't you just give someone the sign of faith, hope, and love in whatever way you want to do that this morning. You want to say God is with us and all things are possible. All things are possible. All things. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Maybe we should sing that one more time, just that, just that little part. Ready? One, two, three. All things are possible. Through God. All things are, are possible. possible. Yes, they are. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to receive the bread and wine together. And again, yes, God comes through bread and wine. God comes through symbols and body practices where you actually present yourself and say, God, I, I don't know about the miracle of bread and wine, but I know if I'm awake and aware and attentive, you might do what only you can do. So together, we thank you for this bread. We remember, Jesus, that on the night you were betrayed, you took bread and you broke it. You gave thanks and you said, take this, all of you, and receive it. This is my body given for you. And every time you eat, remember me. Can you say, Jesus, we remember you? And maybe Emmanuel, 
God with us, all things are possible. Emmanuel, God with us, all things are possible. After supper was ended, Jesus raised the cup and said, Take this, all of you, and drink. This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood will be shed for you and for all people so that sins will be forgiven. And every time you drink, remember me. And together we say, Jesus, we remember you. Maybe you want to say, Emmanuel, God with us. All things are possible. So welcome here to Crossroads. Just a couple of things before we um, have the message today. Many of you have been wondering about our Christmas service. Believe it or not, Christmas is one week uh, away. So next week, um, our Christmas services, we hope you can join us. Both services are family services, which means the kids will be with, with us during the services. And it's a candlelight service. So uh, Saturday, December 24th at 5 p.m. or Sunday the 25th at our regular service time on Sunday. Those services will be similar. We'd love to have you at both. Um, but hopefully you'll be able to join us for at least one of those. Um, also want to tell you about an opportunity coming up, uh, Enneagram and Relationships. So if you have relationships in your life, which that would be all of us, right? If you have relationships in your life and you uh, have a desire to, um, to improve on your relationships, to be a better you, to uh, let your relationships grow and transform and be nourished, I highly recommend coming to this Enneagram and Relationship training that we have um, coming up. So save that date. The date is January 21st. It's on a Saturday. If you come on over to Next Steps after service, Shannon will be back there and she can get you signed up for that to save that date. And uh, also, our Christmas generosity opportunities. You guys have always been so generous and you continue to be generous. We have um, another opportunity this week to give into our, uh, to, for our food pantry. As you know, food costs have been like through the ceiling, not just for you at home, but also for the, those that we serve in our region. So if God lays on your heart to help with that, we would love to have you help us with that. Also, um, just like at home, when you have projects that need to be done around your house, you save your money and you plan for them, well, that's what we're doing here at Crossroads. So there are projects that need to be done in the house. So if you want to be a part of the projects that are happening here at Crossroads, we would love for you to contribute financially. And if you're someone who has a, a trade or a service that you can offer, that would be great too. Um, and then also, let's see, our Mercy House table in the back. So I highly recommend that you stop back there. Karen, our ambassador for Mercy House, has brought so many gifts and beautiful wares that the uh, women have made. Last year we had a testimony. Uh, one of the girls that we rescued from human trafficking we saw a video um, of her last January. And so everything that you buy from that table will go to help um, women and children that are being rescued from human trafficking, from poverty. So make sure you go back. There are some beautiful Christmas gifts. 
And um, I think that that's all we have for today. And we'll have the message. Yes. Oh, yes, that's right. It's the last week. So if you want a gift, make sure you go back there. And if you don't have your checkbook, it's okay because Karen takes Venmo. So stop back over at the table because it's the last opportunity to buy a gift. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Karen, for doing that. What a gift that is uh, to not only those that are survivors, but also a gift for us to be able to participate. So thank you for that and everyone that's involved in all of the, not just Christmas uh, giving, not just the things we're doing right now, but just so grateful for uh, everyone's attentiveness to what God might be speaking to them uh, through uh, your giving and your generosity, your volunteering, and uh, just your giving to the Lord and giving to the community. That is so important, right, for all of us, uh, not only the community of faith, but the region and the community that we call the world we live in, and it does make a difference. So God bless you guys for that. Um, we are on our fourth Sunday of Advent, and today we're going to talk about faith. We've talked about peace. We've talked about joy. We've talked about hope. Today we're going to talk about faith for a few minutes. And um, then Sunday, of course, uh, next Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and we'll be celebrating the birth of Jesus. What, a, what an amazing moment that will be for all of us. Amen? So faith, uh, I know as we walk in here today, we all come in uh, with different things going on. Some of us, it's a real season of celebration and goodness. Some of us are somewhere kind of in between the celebration mode um, and the difficulty mode. Some of us walk in here today with a lot of difficulty. And um, hopefully by the time we're done just considering faith for a few minutes and the story of Mary and Joseph around that just a little bit, uh, that that will help us maybe apply our faith to our situation and to the situation of others and see God do some amazing things. Uh, one of the things that does get spoken about, and I really, I'm always challenged uh, by the faith of Mary and Joseph in the scripture. Um, I'm especially challenged always at, at Christmas time, Easter time brings that up. But just their faith, when you just think about uh, the, the story, the account of these young people uh, that have to do really huge things and literally put their lives on the line in many ways for their faith, and it's beautiful. I want you to know that all of us have faith today. It took us faith to get here, uh, the chair you're in. Uh, you applied faith to sit down in that chair because you didn't know what was going to happen, but you thought, hey, I'll, I'm going to, you didn't think this. I, I don't think you thought this, but maybe you did. But most of us walked in here, and when we sat down, we thought, well, the chair will hold us up. And we looked around the room maybe before we sat down and we saw other people sit down. So we thought, well, there's some evidence this will work out. So we, we apply faith in our life all the time, right? We do it when we jump in a car. Uh, we, we have faith that the brakes will work. We have faith in, like, traffic lights. So we do this. Faith is not something that uh, we don't all have. Everybody lives. You can't live without faith. But obviously we're wanting to talk about a more specific faith and that's a directed faith to a relationship with Christ. Now, the scripture tells us in Matthew 1.18, starting with 1.18, it 
It says this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And scrolling over to the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 37 and 38, speaking of Mary and her interaction with Elizabeth, who has, uh, who has they're having this beautiful moment, um, and Elizabeth uh, pregnant for John the Baptist at that point, and Mary is pregnant for Jesus, and this is what is said, for nothing by the, by the angel Gabriel, for nothing is impossible with God. So Mary said, yes, I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. That, that kind of living requires some pretty remarkable faith. I want you to know that the faith that you need for your life uh, is the faith that you need for your life. Like we can read stories in scripture and accounts and hear other people's accounts of their life um, but what God wants to help us with is faith for our life which is not the same uh, life that Joseph lived and not the same life that Mary lived and not the same life that even your perhaps spouse or family members live it's your life and God is wanting to partner with you and provide you with a strong faith for your life, your unique, beautiful life. You know, it's interesting, um, recently Claire and I were, uh, we were at a gathering in a different part of the country, and um, it was a bunch of leaders, and at one point we got to have a meal with um, a couple of young, uh, young leaders, uh, in this case it was a couple of female leaders, and um, at one point after we got into the conversation, we've, we, these are leaders we know, uh, so we've spent time with them before, and um, at one point, uh, Claire had to get up and go uh, take care of something else that was going on, so I stayed there, and uh, anyway, we had, it was, a, it was a great conversation, it was a hard conversation, uh, because um, the one uh, person in particular, she had been a, a youth pastor for several years, and it didn't end well, it didn't end well for her, and She's got a lot of distaste and distrust around the church and around uh, issues of faith and things like that. Anyway, we had a conversation, and as we have had in the past, covered a lot of subjects. Like, if you think about the subject, we probably kind of covered it, the stuff that creates a lot of uh, 
lot of, I don't know what to say, just a lot of consideration for church leaders, certainly in our culture right now. So we had this conversation, and then the next day, uh, she and I were walking from one building to another, and she said to me, she says, you know, I need to talk to you about our conversation last night. She says, first of all, I'm sorry. I felt like I was a little bit disrespectful, and I said, I didn't think you were disrespectful at all. I thought we were having a conversation, and these are hard conversations, and they can feel disrespectful, but I, didn't, I felt like you were holding what I was saying well. And she said, well, I really wasn't. Um, she said, I just, I, I, I can't get why you guys aren't more anxious about what's going on in the church, the trouble in the church, the body of Christ, not just, she wasn't talking about crossroads, she's talking about the church in general. Why aren't you more anxious about those problems? And why, won't, why aren't you more upset about the problems in the world and acknowledge those things? And I said, well, uh, we're not anxious, you're right. Uh, we're very sad. We, our heart breaks, and maybe it's because we've been on this faith journey a long time. We acknowledge all the problems and all of the concerns and all of the difficulties, and we have a deeper trust that God is able now than ever to do what God can only do in all of these situations. So we do what we can do. We apply our faith. We go to bed at night, and we trust. Yeah, amen. So I said, I hope that I hope that helps you. My heart breaks for the stuff you've been through. I mean, I, I she's a wonderful young person. And this is one of the traps of the enemy is to move us into a place of such hopelessness and anxiety that we just want to give up, right? I just want to share a few words with you. Um around this issue of faith, and I want you to be thinking about Mary and Joseph as we talk about this, and think about your own life. Um, and these are really connected. When it comes to faith, first of all, understand there are these places um, when seeing isn't believing. Have you ever noticed that? Like, this is, this is always, because you've all heard the term, right? You've all heard the saying, Seeing is believing. That, that term is attributed to a pastor, actually, um, a guy uh, in, the, in the 1700s named Thomas Fuller, uh, but that's not the full quote. Uh, it was in a conversation that he was having, and we kind of gravitated this, that seeing is believing. Um, and there's some truth to that, right? Uh, and should be some truth to it, but it's not always true for everyone. And the Bible's full of examples, right? All you have to do just start reading and you'll find all kinds of a crazy, amazing things happening in the Bible, miracles happening, and then people like to get really excited about it. And I know this has never happened to any of us, so I'm going to talk about the people in the Bible that do this. Um, they get really excited about the miraculous stuff and the good things that God does, but then, heck, a few days later, sorry if that offended you that I said heck, anyway, um, a few days later, that's about as sweary as I get, actually. Anyway, uh, I am going to get through this. So a few days later, it's like, it's like you never saw it. You never saw that perhaps God did a miracle. God turned something around. You see it throughout Scripture consistently. 
But Mary and Joseph, they choose to believe things that they're seeing and they're hearing. I mean, how about this? Joseph has an angel in a dream. If you had a dream tonight of an angel saying something to you like this, would you wake up and do what he did? Like this guy's life changed because of a dream and an angel spoke to him. That's quite a dream and it's quite a person of faith, right? It's like his life shifts. Seeing is believing. The full quote uh, of Fuller is seeing is believing, but feeling is the truth. Now he was saying that to basically say it's not true that feeling is the truth. And if the second part of this quote is probably more appropriate for our time of living, that for the most part, most people feel what think that whatever they feel is the truth. Like if you feel God is a certain way, that's the truth about God. If you feel people are a certain way, then that's the truth about them. It doesn't really matter if it's true. You feel it, so you feel like that's true. So it's interesting um, in in. 1 John, when it comes to this issue of seeing is believing, because I want you to know and I want you to think about when it comes to your faith, I want you to think about as I, as I read these scriptures and talk around this, I want you to think about the things that you have seen, that you have touched, that you have experienced, and it may have been a long time ago. You knew it was God, and you knew it was believable. And the enemy of your life and your faith tries to rob that from you, that what you have seen is believable. What has happened in those moments, this is what John says. It's not, this is not in the outline, so you just have to listen that which was from the beginning, that, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at with our hands and we've touched, this we proclaim regarding the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, testified to it, and we've proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and who has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. What John is saying is this, I cannot unsee what I've seen, I cannot unexperience, I know that that's a disputed word, but just go with me. I cannot unexperience what I've experienced. I cannot unhear what I've heard. I cannot untouch what I have seen with my eyes. My response to the things that I've seen, touched, tasted, experienced, heard, that has almost everything to do with my faith. I can't unexperience the things I've experienced personally. This is really what Mary and Joseph are responding to, is they had to respond. 
because of what they were seeing and touching. And understand this, all of those touch points in your life and mine, those are all places where God's just trying to build our faith. Those moments, have you ever had a moment where you thought, why? Like I've had times where, um, you might be unfamiliar with this, but I've had times where I've had a prophetic word, like a word from God, or, or I've given someone a word from God uh, it just felt that and sensed it. Somebody else gave it to me. I knew. I just had it in my knower that it was a word from God, right? And then walk away from it and say, I wonder, like, like that's down for down the road, or that really isn't for today. I wonder why I needed that today. This is why we needed that for today. Because that which we've touched, that which we've seen, that which we've experienced is part of our faith being increased and built. The fact that Jesus came to the earth in the form of a baby, that's a historical fact. The fact that Jesus went to a cross and died for our sins and resurrected from the dead, walked around after that and a bunch of people saw Jesus, those are things that have been touched seen, heard. That's the God that that loves you, that is trying to build your faith and mine. The second thing is about our theology. Now, just like faith, we all have a theology. We all, theology is just simply, most simple term is just, we have a belief in, where we have a a thought about God, just in, in the simplest of terms. We all have that. Your thought may be there is no God. That's your theology. You have you, you don't think that there's a God. I want, you to, I want you to take a couple of seconds here, and I want you to just think about this. What comes to your mind when you think about God? What do you think about when you think about God? Right, right in your seat, just consider that. Like, do you not think there's a God? What is God like? What comes to your mind when you think about God? It was A.W. Tozer that said this, He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Some people attribute this quote to Mark Twain, uh, but there's a lot of dispute around this quote, too. Who knows who was the first to say it? God created men and women in his own image, and then men and women, being kind people, return the favor a little bit different. I paraphrased it, but so when we think about God, what do we think about? Do, do we think that, do you think that God loves you? Do you think that God cares for you? Do you think that God corrects you? Do you think that God protects you? See, many times our theology uh, is best seen by the way we live. That's essentially what Tozer's saying here is the most important thing about us 
is what we think about God because what happens is what we think about, uh, what, we, what we worship, what we follow, what we meditate on, what we consider, that's what we become. We become more that. So as we apply faith in our relationship to God and we're drawing in on this relationship we have with God, we become more like the person God wants us to be. Your theology and my theology matters. You don't have to go study a bunch of theology books, although if you want to, I think that's a great idea. It does matter what you think about God and what I think about God. Culturally, it is a disaster out there. The the thoughts about God in our culture are disastrous. And if you are merely allowing culture to, to be what creates your theology, You're asking for a lot of trouble. It is not healthy. It is not a healthy moment. It it never has been. It will be when Jesus returns, but it's, it's not a healthy moment. Scott McKnight, professor of New Testament theology, uh, in a class that he used to do on Jesus, he would do a survey with his incoming students. And one of the, uh, one of the surveys was about the student and he would ask on the survey, it would ask questions like, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are your beliefs? And the questions would go on, etc. And then he would give the same survey about Jesus. What were Jesus likes? What were Jesus dislikes? Jesus beliefs? And he said that 90% of the time, the answers were identical. And in some ways they should be similar, right? But when we're, we're honest, there's this gap where our answers, what our likes and dislikes and beliefs are, if our life is becoming what we like and we dislike and what we believe, and, and we've got the same list that Jesus would have, our life should look pretty awesome, right? So anyway, our theology matters, and then prayer, Advent, When it comes to faith, prayer, we could talk about, prayer is so many things, right? But one of the things that draws me to Mary and Joseph is the way that they pray because it is just so relational. Prayer and faith is mostly about relationship. Do you know in the scripture... It's really interesting. Some of us don't realize this, but in the scripture, uh, because we say there's a, there is a scripture that talks about that God never changes, right? So we kind of hold on to that. But there are, there are a handful of moments where God changed God's mind. Like there's a shift. So that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Like why in one place it says God never changes, but then in another place... The scripture says that God changed God's mind and did something that was said that was going to be different. So maybe Samuel can do a class on that for us. Anyway, but prayer is about relationships. Your faith and mine is about a relationship with God. And God, understand this. God in history has changed directions. God has shifted. And when God has done that, it was usually in response to one of his people 
crying out. We see it in the life of Moses. And I would just say this. Understand that as, as we, we're, we're involved in, we're, we're waiting for Christmas Day, we're waiting for Jesus to be born. Understand that your prayer life, God just wants to relate with you. God wants to know what's going on in you. He wants to know your difficulties and your 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 challenges and your victories and the celebrations. God, like a father, like a mother, like a brother, like a sister wants to have this conversation with you, like a friend, like you've never seen before, wants to know your life. The other, uh, recently, um, I was having a really, have you guys ever had a really hard time, like a really hard time or a hard day? Raise your hand if you've ever had, all right, about 80% of us have had really hard days. Actually, 20% of us just didn't want to respond to me. Anyway, that's good percentage. Actually, if I could bat that well, right? Anyway, I was having, it was, it was a really rough day. I, I, it, was, it, was, it kind of surprised me how rough it was. I had like three really important things happening that day. I had been praying about all three of those things, and quite frankly, all three of those things that day went the exact opposite of what I was hoping for. It was brutal. And I'm not talking about, you know, I was praying to get a Big Mac and I got a quarter pound of cheese. These were big things, right? And I got to the end of the day and Claire and I, as we've told you guys before, we do an exam and prayer together uh, or a conversation. So we'll talk about where we felt the presence of God were. We sense that, you know, there was a disconnect in our relationship with God, and we pray. We start our day with a, a, a Lectio. Anyway, so we get to that, and I don't have a lot of words. Um, and I'm, like, ready to, t- I'm ready to just break down and cry. And Claire says to me, she said, are you mad at me? And I said, no. Because I've just really had a hard day. And have you ever seen the movie The Shack? or read the book, and uh, Papa at one point says to, what's his name, Mac says, um, what's the term that's used? Uh, uh, She says, I'm very fond of you, Mac, right? And I was not feeling like God was fond of me that day. And I told Claire, I said, no, I'm not angry, because one of the reasons why she was asking, she's like, you can't go to sleep because we got this agreement for over 40 years, can't go to sleep if we're angry, and there's been sleepless nights for her. And uh, anyway, <laughs> she, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I've never been angry. <laughs> uh, no wonder I have bad days. Uh, so I, I, I said, no, I'm, I'm not angry. This has, this has nothing to do with you. And I just told her, I said, I just don't think God, I don't feel like God is really fond of me today. You ever have a day like that? And I rolled over, 
just said, you know what, God, it hasn't felt like a day where you've been really fun to me. And I know things don't always go the way I want them to go. I, I get that. But today, even in the disappointments, it's felt like you've been really fun to me. So I'm going to go to sleep now. And I want you to know I love you. I trust you, and I want you to know I'm looking forward to waking up tomorrow, and tomorrow being better than today, and I trust you'll be with me, like I trust you'll be with me as I go to sleep. God just wants you to pray in faith and in honesty. You should be able to pray like you pray to the people or like you have conversation with the people you are most vulnerable with. Because God wants to be there with you and for you. He wants to meet you in your trial and your disappointment. Mary and Joseph's connection with God was so highly relational. How are you relationally with God? And if you're feeling like it needs to grow, just say that to him. Say, I want to be more relational with you. I love what it says about Moses at one point in Exodus 33. Again, this isn't on your outline, but you can write it down if you want. Exodus 33:11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. That's how I want to be with God. How about you? And the last thing is God in a manger when it comes to our faith. If Advent should communicate anything to us, it should simply be this. So the impossible is possible with God. There is nothing in your life that God cannot change. There is nothing, no matter how impossible you think it is, there is nothing that God is not able to meet you in do something remarkable in your life. What happens to us, I think, when we come to the impossible moments is we like, we kind of catalog many times how we want it to work out, right? Like if, you know, we, we figure it out for God and then we even, you know, we're just like convinced if these three things happen this way, then it's all good. But can we trust that the impossible things in our life are not impossible for God? Can we trust that God can come as a human, fully child and fully God to the earth? Can we trust for the impossible in our own life? I want to believe that we can. So as I pull this together, I just want to—I want everyone to stand, or you can stay seated. Um, and I want to just ask, I want to hold this question, and then we're going to pray for God like friends of God, like children of God, and see what God can do in our lives. But here's the question. What seems impossible right now? It might be for a, it might be for a situation you have. It might be for health. It might be for your finances, your career. It might be your education. It might be relational, emotional, mental, 
there's no boundaries with God. It might not even be directly about your life. It might be about a friend you have. And you're looking at them, and you know that they're faced with an impossible situation, and that's become your impossibility. And now as we stand or sit, I want you to just, whatever you're comfortable with, maybe hold your hands in front of you, maybe hold your hands out, maybe put your hands to your side, whatever you're comfortable with, but in some kind of in some kind of way with our bodies to say, God, I'm opening to the possibilities. And I'm not going to write the rules on how the possible is going to happen. I'm just going to open myself to your work and your activity because this really is impossible with humanity. Jesus coming to earth was impossible with humanity, right? We really know that. In the same way, this room and people online have situations in their life that seem impossible. So right now, God, with our bodies engaged in some way, just to signify we're opening ourselves, I think, as your children, to the possible. Take those impossible places in our life. feeling the weight of them and would you make those things turn into possibilities for us we put no rules and restrictions on the activity of your spirit in our lives here we just open ourselves to you our loving God caring for us upholding us strengthening feel like if you're here, you're online, and you feel like God doesn't love you, and you feel like it would be impossible for God to ever love you, just hold that impossibility before God. And I can confidently tell you that that is definitely Now, God, as we continue to just be together and do our day and move into the goodness of our lives and also the difficulties of our lives, we pray that our eyes would be open to the work of your Spirit. May this day bring Sabbath rest to our hearts and to our homes. May our peace and perspective be renewed in the busyness of this season. May our hands be free enough from spending and acquiring to receive God's gifts. 
May a little of the wonder and magic of Christmas awaken the child within us today. And may God's word feed us and his spirit lead us into the week and into the life 